Hello and welcome to FinTech Search Podcast, the first podcast from the Middle East for the Middle East. I'm excited to be joined today by the one and only Peter Nybauer. Thanks for joining us, Peter. Hi, and good morning to you. Thanks. Uh, so Peter Nybauer is the CEO of Vipasso, which is a Viennese startup dedicated to globally scaling Horizon, which is an end-to-end complete mobile payment solution. And uh, Peter, as we always like to start this show with uh, one important question is, what does fintech mean to you? Actually, that's a particular question to me. Why is that? Because I personally, I spent uh, all my career, I have to say, in incumbent financial institution and in the incumbent payments industry. And now I'm, I'm raising and nurturing, so to say, uh, a, startup com- a startup company in the fintech sector. So to me, this is really something special. But the point is, I've seen and I'm, I'm really, I can say I'm a time witness because I've been in the payments industry for about 30 years in various positions uh, in Europe, in Austria, internationally. But what I've seen in the past 10 or 15 years is that the development is in the speed of the development is is even um, getting higher and higher and uh, things are are developing so fast that I think really the interesting side of development in the payment industries is happening on the fintech side. So outside the incumbent banking system, and that's the reason why I'm here. Okay, great. I mean, it just seems like you really know your stuff when it comes to fintech uh, based on your experience and how long you've spent in the space, right? Yes. And if, if, if you look back for some some five or ten years when the whole, the whole thing of fintech started, it was a merge of different developments like new technologies, also new regulations, which play a very, very important point and very important part of the whole of the whole game, and also new people entering the industry. And this is always good if you have some fresh blood in a, in an in an old industry. Yeah, and, and you have, you make a great point. I mean, as regulations change, as new technology uh, comes to light, I mean, fintech companies really need to, to be very agile in order to stay up to date on on all the latest trends, all the latest technology and all the latest regulations. Yes, they have to, uh, but also the incumbent banks and the incumbent industry has to uh, adapt and mm-hmm. adopt for sure. And when I remember maybe 15 years back when all this liberalization in terms of uh, access to the payments industry and the financial industry, happened all over the place, starting in Europe, but also being adopted in, in many regions like the Middle East and Africa, in Southeast Asia and in, in, in the Americas, you could see really uh, a flourishing set of new companies and, and new minds and new aspects coming into the industry. And this was really a great development. Great, great. And so uh, a little bit off script, but what, what sort of advice would you give to, to startups, uh, fintech startups specifically, that, you know, maybe their ideas are a little bit, you know, ahead of the game, you know, maybe they're a little bit moving a little bit too fast for the banks, maybe uh, the financial institutions are being a little bit sluggish, a little bit stuck in their old ways and not quite up to pace at some of these new innovative, uh, you know, really forward thinkers, how their products might be in the market. Uh, Let me put it very, very simple, and that is a good idea is not yet a business proposition. Mm. 
So what you really have to look for and look after is, can you make money with what you are inventing? I remember having seen a, a number of uh, startup companies in Europe with a great idea, but when I was speaking with the inventors, if I may say so, I, I was asking them, so what if the decisive point the decide will happen, and that is, what if you have customers, real customers? Are you, are you able to manage customer relationship and also have you established the back office processes that you need to have to run a smooth business? And this, this is really where, where um, the, decisive, the decisive development takes place. Are you capable of implementing an operative business and making money out of it or not? Yeah, that makes sense. So it's one of those, um, you know, ideas are cheap, but uh, execution is everything, right? So anybody can have an idea, but can are you actually able to run a business? And that's actually kind of the biggest thing that uh, I think that a lot of, especially young entrepreneurs, they don't think about the business side of the business. They think the idea is going to pretty much sail it away. And you're saying, will you be able to make money? Will it, will it make sense in the market? What do you do when you have a customer? What do you do when you have a customer? What do you do when you when problems start? Mm -hmm. When you have to fix things, uh, so to say, uh, live uh, with open heart, if if we, as we say in, in 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 Austria. So this is really this is really something that needs to be achieved. But on the other side, uh, if you look at some at some of the of the new technology that comes into play. Some of it is really exciting, but sometimes, and this is also something which is to some part true for Vipasa and Horizon, it also needs to have the right timing to, to distribute it and to offer it into the market. Because if you have a great technology and a great idea, but the market is not yet prepared for it, then it sometimes fails. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. I think we've seen that in a lot of products over the years that just, you know, it was cool technology was really interesting, but the market just wasn't ready to accept it yet. And, uh, you know, eventually it failed. And then a few years later, a, a similar product comes to market and, and is wildly successful just because they waited for the right time and, you know, kind of primed the market to be ready for their product. Absolutely. Yeah. And so as we mentioned, you know, kind of in the intro that, you know, Vapasto is the the home company for this this new product that you guys are launching called uh, Horizon. Uh, can you tell us a little bit? Excuse me. Can you tell us a little bit about Horizon? Um, when did it get started, and, and what does it do? Sure. Thanks for that question. Um, Vipasto stands for Vienna Payment Solution, and th that just goes hand in hand where we are located. We, we are an Australian startup company, but Right from the beginning, really, they had an international orientation and an international reach as we have developed this mobile payment solution, which we call Horizon, to give, to give it a name. Uh, but uh, let me point out one thing here at the beginning. We are considering ourselves as a technology and infrastructure company. So we are not aiming at distributing or positioning Horizon as a new payment brand. No, we are... We are using that, that name for marketing it, but we have a very clear and strict white label philosophy that I may explain a little later in more detail to you. But this is important to understand that we are not a payments company or a payment scheme. Rather, we are an infrastructure provider that has developed an, a very flexible solution that we believe could be rolled out and implemented all over the place, in, in, especially in emerging countries, which are one of the of the core 
pillars of our sales and distribution strategy. Yeah, sure. I mean that that, that it's very interesting that you know the way that you mentioned that you're you're not the payment provider, you're the infrastructure for payment providers. Did I get that right? Exactly. So we should distinguish between two different layers, if I may say so. One layer is the the payment method, which is the core of all the all the payment of the payment processes. It can be a bank card, it can be a, a, a transfer payment, it can be a direct debit, it can be a mobile money transaction. But we are, so to say, in front of that because we aim to provide a completely digital infrastructure for the point of sale, for the proximity uh, uh, proximity area, which means that would normally cover a typical shopping situation where two people meet, a delivery service situation, an event, a closed loop situation. So uh, in the future, I really believe that payments will be completely digitalized and will be largely mobile. Even Absolutely. if you consider, even if you consider that more and more transaction will happen in the what we now call the e-commerce space, but we are today already using the e-commerce logic and infrastructure for doing transactions on the point of sale. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like that that that, that everything is really becoming mobile first, um, whether it's payments, whether it's social media, whether it's um, any sort of communication, any sort of internet. Um, there's an app for everything these days. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely moving further and further away from needing to physically uh, be there with cash or with a check or with a bank transfer or with, a, you know, even a credit card. It's just not quite as yeah. necessary anymore. Um, so I guess yes. one of the, the quickest ways for me to understand, um, you know, how does a company work is to really understand, you know, who would your customers be? So whenever you say we're Horizon, we're going to target these customers and this is the solution that we're going to offer to them, who would be that customer and what are the solutions that you would pitch for them to become your customers? Great question. Thank you. The typical, the typical customer for Vipazo would be either a financial institution or a large retailer, a petrol company, an event organizer, a shopping center management, whatever. Why is that? Because, as I said before, we are providing an infrastructure and a technology that we are licensing to partners and they may use it for their purposes. Let's take a, a simple and a typical example. I'm speaking with a number of banks uh, in the in the Middle East and Africa and also in uh, in uh, Southeast Asia, and we we are offering to them that they would use our infrastructure to be implemented into their environment as just another payment function, especially for the shopping situation. So our solution horizon consists of three components that may be the wallet for the consumer, then the uh, solution, the, what we call the terminal solution for the merchant or the shop assistant who is asking for the money in a shopping situation. And then the central technology is our backend, which makes sure that the safe and secure transactions are, are taking place. We are delivering and to reiterate on something I, I mentioned before, we are delivering this whole solution 
on a strict white label basis. So if you were to be a large bank, say in the Emirates or in, in any other country, especially in, in emerging countries, you may implement our solution under your own brand and it may be called Bank XYZ Pay. And this can be rolled out <clears throat> to both sides of the, of the coin, which means the merchant and the consumer. And what makes us different uh, among other things is that we are using Bluetooth instead of NFC <clears throat> for integrating a payment transaction and making a transaction possible between the two devices. And if I say two devices, we're just talking about smart devices being a mobile phone or a tablet computer or else. So our main proposition is to really get rid of the complete physical infrastructure in the shop that you would need today for doing a transaction. So we are not using a terminal anymore, a physical thing that you, that you are tapping your card on or, or similar, but rather you would present your mobile phone as a consumer and on the other side, the shop assistant would also use his smart device, for instance, a tablet computer for doing a transaction. And this transaction is happening end to end and seamlessly via, via Bluetooth. And this is exactly the proposition that we have developed. Oh, wow. So, so you don't need to, let's say, have the cash register with the terminal anymore where you click to or you tap your phone to pay. Uh, you know, whenever you have delivery services, they don't need to present you with this, uh, this device where you tap on that to pay. But if they have a mobile phone and you have a mobile phone and you both have Bluetooth, then you can go ahead and make the payment that way. Is that correct? That's what we're doing. Great, and and this is working on a, a white label uh, basis. So it's not like the consumer and the merchant need to download a Horizon app. It would actually be the 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 merchants or the um, the banking provider that you would download their app, and it would look like it's from them. Correct. This is absolutely correct because <clears throat> we're delivering our service in two different ways of deployment. The one thing is. You could have a standalone app, and the standalone app, of course, will be completely brand as you like as our licensee. But the other thing is we would also deliver an SDK, which is a small program that can be implemented into existing solutions. So, so all over the place, wherever I speak with banks, being in Africa or in, in, in Middle East or in Asia, most of them, I would say 95% already have their mobile banking apps or their payment apps. So we would absolutely integrate into their apps being as one more new function with the next release, so to say, that they would offer. And this is very seamless. That's great. So it's not in addition to what they have, it's actually helping out what they have. Um, and, and you've mentioned a lot of uh, you know emerging markets. You know, even just when you're describing things casually, you're mentioning you know the the East Asia, you're mentioning you know Middle East, you're mentioning you know Africa, which you know I think that you know most of the fintech community realize that these are big, wide open markets for financial inclusion because there's just not that much infrastructure when it comes to finance over there. Uh, so how how important is financial inclusion to you? Um, let me say if, uh, that we should not underestimate uh, the, the, the agility and the, and the movement that is taking place in all these, in all these uh, economies and, and regions. However, we know that 30 to 40 percent of the population in these countries is still not participating in financial 
transactions and financial services. That's for several reasons. The, the infrastructure reasons, there are just uh, some components of uh, economic development and also maybe for, for some political or, uh, or other reasons for having that. Uh, if you look at the at the international institutions like the United Nations, the World Bank, and and what have you, all of them have uh, financial inclusion and financial development on their agenda, and this is exactly what we would like to support. And how how are we doing that? First of all, because we are seamlessly integrating into the environments that exist. We don't want to uh, introduce a new environment or impose anything on existing infrastructures. That's the one thing, but the, the second thing is because we think we have a, an extraordinary um, uh, economic proposition. So just to give you one figure, if you or, or two figures, I have to say, if you look at, at the incumbent infrastructure that you would need to do a payment transaction on a point of sale, and if you need a terminal, for instance, a, a terminal hardware costs at least $200. If you consider for a second a, a country like uh, Cameroon or Togo or Chad, um, and even some some reach some countries in the region of the of the of the Middle East, um, to many of the shopkeepers, this is unbearable because they cannot finance a terminal or even if they would need a second one uh, with that price. And th there comes Horizon into play because our aim is that the usage of the whole system goes down to one or two dollars per device per year. So this is a very, very low level and low cost infrastructure being run locally. And if I say locally, um, and that goes hand in hand with our strategy of uh, white labeling and uh, regional deployment, um, we believe that the data of transactions and of payments should stay where they belong to. So we are absolutely not a data gatherer or data hunter. We rather provide a technology and an infrastructure that shall be implemented locally under local circumstances and regulations. And this is what it's all about. And secondly, and this was the main point of your, of your question, to have a very, very economic and low-cost infrastructure that can be run anywhere. I mean that that's amazing. So one or two dollars is the cost to the merchant uh, for using Horizon, as opposed to the two hundred dollars that they typically have to pay for for payment infrastructure or for the hardware. Uh, yes, but as a matter of fact, <clears throat> we would never charge a merchant or a consumer because we are not in the end end uh, user game. We are providing an infrastructure to say a large bank or a bank or a, or a, a retail chain. And the retail chains um, would like to uh, enrich their their customer engagement by providing a payment functionality. Let's take that example. And to them, our license fee is geared exactly at this level. So we would like to provide an infrastructure that for them is inducing cost of one or two dollars per year per item. Whatever they charge to the customers, it's part of their business philosophy and strategy, and this is nothing of our business. We have an infrastructure provider. 
Yeah, of course. And and so we've talked a lot about the you know financial inclusion and the importance of making sure that your product, uh, that the market is actually ready for your product. Um, we've talked about how you know sometimes you know banks and regulations and even governments can sometimes be a little bit sluggish when it comes to uh, you know products rolling out that might be a little bit more cutting edge, but it just might not be their time uh, because the market or the regulations are just not there yet. Um, so in your opinion, how well do you believe the the Middle East, or particularly the UAE, has responded to the fintech movement? Actually, I've been addressing these markets only recently, and also have to say, Bipazo itself, we have done our active marketing since uh, September or August last year, so we are pretty new to the market. Uh, Nevertheless, we have already established uh, dozens of relationships with banks all over the place, and we will be implementing soon in a number of countries. And if you look especially to the to the Middle East and the Emirates, I see a number of interesting developments going on. So, for instance, recently the Emirates have also established a, a consortium where they are uh, pursuing a national payment strategy. And uh, a thing like that you can see in many of these uh, emerging economies and I like that because um, this is something that sometimes is missing in the in the Western European or, uh, or countries of the of the northern hemisphere. Why? Because there's so much incumbents and uh, and uh, old infrastructure in the place that nobody, if I may say so, dares to have a new and fresh approach to all of this. So these countries, uh, especially in the in the Middle East, um, to some to some extent they can work from a from a clean sheet. And that is much, much better than having all this incumbent infrastructure in place, which in my opinion is really hindering many of the Western European and North American banks in doing real innovation. Why? Because all, the, all of this investment done in the past that they would need to write off. And this is a big obstacle in providing fresh infrastructure. And if you look at the, at the FinTech uh, industry and seen in in the in the Middle East, there's really so much going on. Sometimes you, you can even you can't even follow everything what is happening every day. But I think it's very exciting, and we would love to be part of it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And so you know, if you could sort of uh, you know think to the future with me, you know, really like fantasize and imagine about what the future is like. You know, obviously, you know, contactless payment is, is not that new of a topic it's still something that's evolving and it's becoming even more and more seamless you know as the uh you know as technology develops but what do you believe is the the next next future of mobile payments how do you see uh you know payments evolving let's say in the next 30 40 years as opposed to the next five years well that's a that's a very particular question um uh, let me let me start uh, with with a uh, a simple statement, and that is, I truly believe that payments in the future will be digital, mobile, and seamless. So that means, if you look at the past and the and the heritage that we have, uh, having a, a retail logic of uh, the physical space and the retail logic of the digital space called e-commerce. And to some extent, both words are not yet married so far. I think this is the big next step to marry these two worlds. And you would pay in the same way and with the same seamlessness, either via the Internet or via mobile phone in an e-commerce environment or in the shop. 
And this is exactly, if I may, if I may reiterate and uh, and uh, uh, restress the fact, this is exactly what the idea behind Vipasso and uh, Horizon is, that we bring the electronic and digital payment directly to the point of sale. Do we really believe that we may use terminal, the physical thing, in 15 years on a point of sale? I don't think so. It will be completely integrated with all the other payment methods of, of, the, of the retail space. And also, will there be, in 15 years, will there be a difference between shopping in the internet in a certain, at a certain merchant or in the shop? I don't think so. It will be all married and it will be all grown together. And this is what I would love to see because I still do not understand if you look for a particular shop and you would like to know if you need something very urgent uh, because you have to repair something at home and then you go to the internet and look what is available in the next shop around your corner. You can't find it out because it's still two divided spaces. Mm -hmm. And I, I really believe that they will they will be married and grow together. And the same goes for payment. Payment will be a unique and, uh, and, a, and a seamless thing. And if you ask me for the next 30 or 40 years, I mean, it is to be seen what the digital, the digital currencies and payment methods, uh, what what role they will play. Will it be crypto? Will it be central bank digital currencies? Will it be stable coins? That's the big thing. I truly believe that the CBDCs, the the public electronic money, if I may say so, of course will play a much much bigger role than today because it may be the natural development for cash being replaced with digital cash. So I think this will be one of the major developments. And what crypto does and Bitcoin and all of this, that kind of stuff, we'll see. That will be decided by the markets. Great, great. Sorry to put you on the spot there a little bit to, to have you use your imagination uh, on a live recording. But uh, yeah, I, I always just think about these things, you know, what uh, what is next? You know, obviously we're, we're contactless now, but will it be facial recognition where you basically walk into a store and you know, your face you know, aligns with your entire identity and, and nobody can steal it because this is actually they can see from the cameras that it's you and you walk in, grab your stuff and walk out and there you go. They recognize that this is you buying it. I, I just always think about these things and, you know, how does, you know, crypto and NFTs and, you know, the metaverse play a role in, in basically everything that we're going to be experiencing. You know, how much is our lives going to change within the next five years, 10 years, 20 years? I, I think it's very difficult to imagine. And, you know, we always look to people like you, these, uh, you know, the experts in the space, you know, to kind of guide us on, you know, how can we envision a future whenever things are changing so rapidly? Yes. If we say for a second with the retail, with the physical retail space, okay? So if you look at the typical experience that you may have customer walking into a shop, say to a grocery shop or, or something similar, one of the last pain points, if I may say so, is queuing at the checkout. Mm -hmm. Everybody hates that. And also the merchants and the retailers, they know exactly that there is a, there is a, um, a connection between the length of the queue and the turnover they make. In other words, the longer the queue, the less turnover they make because people hate the queue. So I think one of the next big things will be self-checkout in, in one or the other way. The the uh, scenario that you just described, walking in the store and walking out of the store, is not so far away, I believe. The question will be what processes and what technologies may support that. 
Of course, we're also working here at Vipasso at the self-checkout scenarios. And let's assume for a second that you walk into a shopping center or into a large store and the, the retailer would provide you, which is typical today, a, a loyalty app, right? Because they want you to come back. They want to offer you some vouchers and discounts and perks and also maybe some, some parking time in the, in the parking garage whatsoever. So you walk in and you say, I'm here. And immediately you're, you're having a connection to the retail and then the retail knows that you're there. So they can offer you things and they can advise you to do things during the, the shopping situation. How much time would you spend in a shop? It depends on the size of, your, of, your, of, of the shopping, but certainly between 10 minutes and 30 minutes. So this is a great time having interaction with, your, with the customers. And also it's a matter of trust. So if you if you ask for permission and the and the consumers are really having a, an advantage out of that, so they would do that. And then the checkout situation and doing the payment seamlessly is just the next step and is an integral part of such an experience. I think this we will be seeing to come in the next five to ten years. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, if I if I can give you a little bit of an opportunity to you know, do some self promoting, uh, you know, based on everything that we just mentioned, you know, the the way that the banks are, are adjusting, the way that the Middle East is adjusting, the way that uh, just fintech is, is evolving, what do you feel like are the next big steps for Vipasso? Uh, what can we see in, in the future from your company? Oh yeah, um, so. First things first, um, we are working now on an, a number of uh, implementations and uh, and uh, negotiations with several banks uh, in, in, in various countries. So um, what I would love to see for us is to have our product and our infrastructure being implemented in different, in different use cases. For instance, um, in Vienna, we have every year one of the largest open air festivals uh, in the in the middle of, of the city because we have a large island in the river of, of Danube, uh, if you're familiar with uh, with that ge geography. So and we will be implementing for the first time our solution in an event scenario. Uh, we are negotiating with a with a large e-commerce company in Indonesia. We are uh, uh, talking with a number of large banks in Africa, in the sub-Saharan uh, region, and also with some national institutions. What I would love to see for us is some more recognition, but I have to say we are really new to the market, some more recognition by the public institutions, because we really believe we could contribute to the national agenda of financial inclusion and uh, financial in integration, because as we have discussed before, I think our our solution horizon is is really really appropriate for lowering the barriers to to entry into financial services, and this is exactly what I would like to see in the next twelve months or so. That's great. That's great. Um, so yeah, honestly, uh, I think that we we've really. Um... We've covered a whole lot in this podcast. I think that uh, you know, from from how Horizon is changing uh, the landscape of payments to you know just just all of the intricacies that 
you know, go into uh, payment solutions. I think that a lot of times the easier uh, payments become for everybody, the less we think about everything that goes into it. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to thank you, uh, Peter, for for coming on to to our show. And, uh, you know, I, I wish the best for Vipasso and I wish the best for uh, Horizon. And I hope that, uh, you know, anybody listening will, will think of you guys next time they pull out their phone to, to make a payment. Yes, and uh, if if anybody wants to learn more about us, it's easy to find us uh, in the internet. The the domain is vipazo.io, and uh, I look forward to having many many contacts. And thank you for having me and having for having this great conversation. Absolutely, and we look forward to seeing you at the fintech surge event at the Dubai World Trade Center from October tenth to October thirteenth, two thousand twenty-two. Uh, to our audience, thank you for tuning in to the Fintech Surge podcast. Until next time.